Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. All right. Do what you do. All right. <laughs> Today on the What's In My Head podcast, we've got Matt Hill, the voice of Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Matt, how are you? Uh, uh, good. Uh, me and Matt are doing very well. Thank you very much, um, uh, Julian. Um, uh, there's... Uh, do you find there's a lot of things on your inside your head too that you go, oh wow, sparkly thought there. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> there's some shit happens. my wife doesn't like me. There's some shit my wife doesn't like me putting out there and saying and stuff like that. So well, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Absolutely. Good to be but, with you, brother. Yeah, man. Good to be with you, man. It was funny because uh, you were the first person actually responded when I started this this podcast, the second one. Uh, the first one being the turtle tapes, the second yep. one being this one. And needless to say, you're pretty much on both. I don't know which one I'm going to release this one on yet. Oh, well, you know what? Cowbunga to both and you will make the right choice, son. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel honored. It's uh, this, I've actually never been on two that the same person was doing from two kind of completely different worlds in terms of, you know, fans and stuff like that. Right. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, it, it's interesting because I started this by working with people and they wanted to do just a whole bunch of interviews with the original cast from the first movie. Yeah. And then I started thinking, I love Turtles, but I grew up on Cartoon Network. I grew up on Nickelodeon. I grew up on the Turtles. So why pigeonhole myself? Why typecast myself into a corner? And you know, yeah, hey, man. So. No, absolutely. Good on you, Brett. It's, yeah. uh, you know, isn't that the slice of life though, right? It's like, you know. If, they, if it lights you up, you're going to be more inspired to talk to people about it, you know, and, and uh, so get on you. That's very, very cool. Yeah, man. And it's easy. I get to talk to people that made such a huge impact on my life. So before we get into Ed, Ed and Eddie, yeah. you know, crazy seeing your name pop up with not only TMT3, but the next mutation <laughs> and then Ed and Eddie and as well yeah. as many other things. Um, how did you come about the Turtles? Oh, the turtles was so freaking serendipitous. It was, I loved it because <laughs> me being um, more on the little bit of, I'm, I'm not the tallest human on the planet. Um, so it was a big victory for me to be able to be invited to play and participate in something that, yeah, I knew the turtles were popular, but I didn't know how popular they were. Yeah. Um, and so to get the call to audition, you know, for any actor, it's just like, yeah, I'll do anything. That's great. So, you know, so we prepared for this thing. Um, and literally they had us read the scenes from the first movie where in this case, Raphael and Casey Jones were going head to head and, you know, yeah. like, the, you know, what a Jose can cycle bad. And I literally, I learned that every second of breath, every movement, every, you know, way that they did that um, because that's where we were going to audition. And then when we got there, they put a paper bag on my head um, and said, okay, now we want you to act. You want to be like a, you be like a turtle um, because if you get the gig, you're going to be blind, deaf, and dumb. <laughs> Little did I know how truthful that was. Um, and then it was literally, I mean, it was, you know, it was amazing getting to go in the room, 
do this scene that I'd rehearsed like for, like for real, for real, probably a hundred times before I went in um, and uh, knew it almost better than I guess the, the, the actors themselves. Um, Cause I knew that was my shot. Cause I knew I was tall enough because all the turtles, they said they wanted them to be between sort of like five. I think Mikey's like the shortest at like five, three. Yeah. Um, and then um, Raph and Leo kind of tie for tallest. Um, even though yes, technically, you know, Leo's taller. Um, and born, you know, before him, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was a neat thing to be a part of that, you know, like I was jumping around like a monkey in a suit. So <laughs> it, it fit my personality. Um, I, you know, I wasn't a, a, I wasn't a gymnast, but I definitely was a runner. And, you know, so it, it really fed my athletic side of things to then be able to train with world-class martial artists who, you know, basically kicked my ass this way to Sunday um, and, uh, you know, helped me be part of the Turtles, you know, franchise. You so know? when, when you started, when you started doing the Turtles, you said you didn't realize like how big they really were. At yeah. what point when you got the cast or you got that script, you like, holy shit, these guys are huge. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It was even a few moments, like a few months later. So we trained for six months, me and Shashir in Akalia. He was the, he was the stunt, he was the action turtle for uh, Michelangelo. So he lived in Burnaby. So it was perfect. Cause originally we were going to shoot it in Vancouver. Um, and that's how I got cast, but then they moved it to Astoria, Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, so, you know, they just brought us along with it, but me and Shashir had been training together. Um, you know, he was whipping me into shape, but it wasn't until, probably when we were found maybe been filming for a couple of weeks and more and more and more people were visiting the set and between takes literally, you know, because between takes, like I had full GAC on, so yeah. we couldn't see anything really. You know, you could hear people be like, Oh man, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, you're, I mean, I could only hear my puppeteer Noel, um, yeah in my earpiece. So him and I were constant communication. So he would he so I'd be sitting there like, I'd be dying inside cause it was so hot. And then I'd hear, you know, him going, uh, Manny, uh, there's some um, two kids that are sitting on your lap. Um, there's a mother and a, you know, and a dad beside you, um, you know, look happy or whatever. So I would literally, I would feel these, you know, these beings um, be around me. And then, you know, he made a smile come on my face. And, um, and so, those were kind of the early moments of, I guess, in some respects, how popular it was having the Ninja Turtles filming in, in Astoria, but kind of day after day after day, as like, like more and more people like were waiting outside the gates. So every time we'd be, you know, driving in to go onto the set, you know, it was like, it was like a little mini little fan base of, you know, people going like, oh my God, the turtles are here. Right. And, um, you know, and in all honesty, it wasn't until like, I don't know, a year later being in the, in the movie theater for the premiere where like, it really hit me. Cause I'm like, I'm not famous. I was just the guy that got to play, you know, be Raphael in this version of it. But even there, they're like, oh yeah, where are you from? Right. And you know, we're walking down, down the red carpet and stuff. You know, I mean, I, I was, I think I was walking behind David Hasselhoff. That's what it was. David Hasselhoff and his kid. And then Alex Van Halen, Remember Van Halen, the band? Oh, yeah. Alex Van Halen was sitting in front of me with his kid. That's what blew my mind because I'm going like, oh, my God, this is like, I love this band. I turned into like a little fanboy. I couldn't even yeah. like, I wanted to just tap him on the shoulder and go, hey, Kelbongi, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm such an idiot because I had my moment, right? And, uh, you know, um, but uh, so in that respect, I, I went like, 
wow, this, holy, I'm here. Okay. Hello. This is my badge. You know? So then you sort of realize how big this, you know, this franchise really was. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, because I'm not non tech, like, I'm not really a techie kind of guy. So I didn't early on, I didn't read industry papers. I didn't get, you know, I didn't have a computer till I was 25. Right. Um, so I didn't, I didn't sort of like, I know I didn't play video games. I didn't sort of, you know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't really know how big, you know, this thing was, um, you know, well, kind of like Ed, Ed and Eddie, same thing. Oh, sorry. We're not supposed to talk about that one, are we? Because oh, no, this, this, this is the turtles. Podcast. No, this is completely full form, man. You can talk about anything. We could talk about, I don't know shit about hockey. We could talk about hockey if you want. I know you're from Canada. So yeah. my brother, that's my brother's sport. I'm a basketball guy. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I've always thought it'd be neat if we had like all the tall basketball players put into like hockey gear and all the hockey players put into basketball gear and just like one court that's ice and then say, all right, boys, have at her. Let's see what <laughs> happens. Maybe if COVID-19 gets a vaccine, I think we might see it. I, I no, think that's no. a million dollar idea and you should really, <laughs> to really start getting in on that. Here, it's all yours, bro. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, it, it's funny. I always like, you know, talking with you guys and meeting you guys and I like hearing your <laughs> fandom or that moment. You're like, holy shit. There's like, this is this guy I listen to. Yeah. Other than Van Halen, has there anybody else that you've notably been like just fanboyed out on? Uh, well, I wasn't a huge fan. I, obviously, David Hasselhoff, I thought, holy shit, that guy's got a huge show. The, um, I, his wife at that, maybe, I don't know what, what wife number it was. She was so hot. At least um, one team. Maybe, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and uh, But it was, yeah, it was just really, like, that was a moment for me because I also was connected to the project. So I had, you know, I had my past that even though nobody knew who I was, I, it, you know, they'd look at the thing that just says, you know, you get the green zone or whatever. Yeah. So I basically just walked around and just, you know, like saw people and just like, Oh my God, that's like so-and-so over there. Oh my God, that's that person from that show. Right. Um, you know, for like I don't know, a couple hours or whatever, you know, when we had the premiere and stuff, but, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Cause for me, it was a big, for me, that was the biggest movie that I've ever, that I'd have been a part of. Um, yeah since um well since i'd started right um <clears throat> and you know for me just getting an, another gig that's that's what it was all about for me i was just so stoked to be working in the chosen field that i said i wanted to do when i was 13 you know and 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 then see it come to fruition it was kind of other people that went like dude like for real you realize how big this is right you know and i'd always i don't know maybe i was just blind to it because i was thinking like okay i just wanted to keep my job yeah. Right. <laughs> that's always a great motivating factor well it kind of is even being you know like that it's like even being on a series i like if you mess up more than three or four times you think like oh my god they're gonna fire me i'm not getting it you know and um you know and yeah, sometimes they do let you go and you know but other times it's just part of the creative process and sometimes yeah. you get a bang your head against the wall a few times and you know <laughs> you know like ed ed netty i think i still have the record for most takes on one effing line that it was a stupid laugh where Ed just had to kind of go like, well, yeah, it's simple, Eddie, <laughs> or whatever. And, and Danny was like, oh, he's not being Ed today. And I'm like, um, what do you mean not being Ed? I don't know what he, he's like, that's Ed. But when you do the line, you're not being Ed, you know? And so uh, it was just like maddening. I'd be like, okay, take 20, you know, or whatever. And I finally like out of desperation, I, you know, I guess I did it right. Cause he's like, well, if that's the best he's got, then, you know, 
let it go, I guess, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> That's like being chopped down, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we definitely earned our earned our cake for uh, for that show, for sure. Um, you know, but but, uh, you know, once again, for, you know, for it to be Cartoon Network's highest rated show, there's a reason it was because also, I mean, obviously, there's lots of factors. It's timing. It's style of show. It was like the brilliant inside of all these characters that Danny Antonucci had that literally every single thing was inside his brain. And all the brilliant people who worked with him to go, I have no idea what he means, but I'm going to figure out what the fuck he means so that I I can do my job and well, keep my job, but also at the same time, have this vision of these three Eds who live on a freaking cul-de-sac who have these crazy, you know, friends, ragtag, you know, group of friends and you parents that you never meet. Right. Um, and it was brilliant, right? And so we all felt very akin to, you know, this this project called Ed, Ed, and Eddie, you know? Yeah. So it was such an honor to be a part of it, you know? It was, it, it was growing up, I think it aired in 99. I'm pretty sure yeah. this was- Yeah, it was. Yeah, 99, yep. What a, what a cartoon and cartoon, cartoon, just Cartoon Network in the 90s alone for most kids- I'm only 31, but for most kids growing up now, I got a 10 year old. What's your baby? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I got a 10 year old now and I'm showing them everything that I loved, I watched, or I enjoyed growing up. Yep. And uh, seeing his connection with it and then seeing what he's having to watch on Cartoon Network. Nothing yep. against Cartoon Network, nothing against Disney or Nickelodeon. It's just yep. that shit 20 years ago yeah. was so damn ahead of its time. Yeah, and you're for right. For them to cancel yeah. it and sweep you guys' legs out. I mean, I know. some people are nice or some people are, are lucky enough to get one episode, let alone, I think it was like 137 or something like that. It was, it was a huge number. It went to syndication, I believe. Yeah, um, Yeah. You know, but to see that kind of, I mean, what do you get noticed for more? Do you get noticed more for a rap or Ed? It, it, for a while, it was pretty much dead equal, Raph and Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last few years, it's, I mean, Ed all the way. Yeah. Like it, it's just had this because i because you nailed it dude it was it's now you kids who watched it growing up now have kids that you're going like oh yeah no hey johnny <laughs> a little, little you know johnnyette come here i got something to show you right and so kids are growing up on this and and you know um I, I don't, when, here's a neat thing that it was another light bulb moment where I went like, holy shit, this is huge. It wasn't for the turtles, but it was when, uh, well, it was turtles as well as Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, but when we went, um, I was part of a team of two that we ran across, we ran around North America mm-hmm. um, called Run for One Planet. So we literally ran a marathon each a day to get around. So we went across our country first and then we went around the perimeter of America. So it took us 369 days to do this tour we spoke to 50,000 kids. We did 220 school presentations and community presentations as well. It was in those thousands and thousands of meetings with people when everything from say like that, like it's having an, an interaction with someone like you yes. say in person that goes like, oh my God, you're Raphael. And then I go, um, yeah, and I also played Ed. And they would like lose their proverbial, you know what? But yeah. then it would be macroed into um, a school of like 2,500 middle school kids who, you know, if you're not bunny, they'll, you're like a crocodile in a freaking meat shop. They'll eat you alive. Right. 
And because how old's your kid? He's 10. Yeah. He's into that, like, dad, whatever, right? If you don't, like, if you don't bring it, you're like, (laughs) but if you bring it, but with these kids, the second that I realized out of desperation that we would have them as a way to connect with them, if I actually allowed the truth of these cartoons that they were growing up on that they loved, right? So in, in respect to, say, America, especially in 2008, because the economic meltdown was melting, right? you know, the whole of the East coast was for sale and in foreclosure. And it was the schools that we were invited into that the second I went like, you know, like, cause that's how we ended up opening most of the um, presentations. Right. I'd be like, Oh, oh hello everybody. You know, who wants to save the planet with Ed and uh, sparkly Stephanie? Cause that was my partner's name, Stephanie. And 2,500 kids and their teachers would lose their shit. And I'm not kidding you. They'd be like, yes, we'll do anything. Just, you know, so it became this unbelievable um, catalyst of connection that allowed us to also see, in this case, share a message to take healthy actions for the planet. Yeah. But it was based on thousands of times that they'd watch these shows and these characters, Raphael and Turtles included, that allowed instant access into their hearts, their brains, their, you know, their ways to be able to connect and, and, yeah. and make a difference as well. Right. Um, and, oh man, like talk about a feedback loop, right. You know, and, and, and it was, it was those thousands of kids that I got all these, these amazing interactions with um, that then like, even say like in one, in one respect, like even parents and teachers, there was a teacher in, um, in a middle school in Houston um, and they're called, I think they're called Cesar Chavez. That seems to ring a bell. And they're this type of school that basically they, they put up shop in the, in the poorest neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And the mandate is to take all these kids from kindergarten through to college is their, yeah. is the mandate of these schools. So they kind of run them as almost like a military style, not that they're military, but they, they teach the kids honor. They teach the kids code. Yeah. They teach the kids basically what was so serendipitous the way of the turtle really yeah so you know i'd step in and be Raphael going yeah yo 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 she's a Chavez school in you know houston texas who wants to save the planet with raf right and same thing but this one particular day this teacher who was taller than like turned out he was an ex-nba he was on like somebody's team yeah but this teacher who was the he was the principal who was running it like a military college so you're making two thousand kids right going like uh, hey, Mr. Hansen, right? And you could <laughs> see that he loved these kids, but they had to treat them, they had to teach them this way so that like when two people like us were pre- presenting, there wasn't a lot of interaction at the beginning. So, you know, Steph looked at me, she's like, holy shit, I think we might get killed, guys. I don't think we better be funny or we better just go, right? Yeah. And and literally once again, I'm like, uh, you know, hey kids, who wants to save the planet with Ed? And you know, oh my God, kids crazy then i go yeah yo 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 who wants to you know with Raphael too and this teacher lost his like he's just like ah, ah, no, no, oh my god so i knew it had i knew it had him kids always lined up for like basically we signed kids everything to from the first kid to the very last 2000th kid because they just wanted obviously they wanted our autographs or whatever right yeah um and this teacher waited in line till the very end. And I thought, what a, what a great guy. Holy crap, he's going to thank us for, right, for being there. Comes up and he's like, brother, I wanted to thank you guys for being here and doing what you do. 
Uh, and then he started tearing up and he goes, yeah. because I also want to thank you for being part of Raphael because I grew up in a very abusive family. My dad wasn't the nicest man. I also knew that I needed to basically live the, the coup to the turtle. And he said it was rough, you know, Raphael being kind of like gruff and, and misunderstood that he said helped him get through this really rough childhood yeah. to then grow up and decide, okay, he said watching the Ninja Turtles was the very reason how he ended up becoming like a teacher. Then he ended up becoming like the principal because he watched these shows that really taught him that he wasn't powerless. He could make good choices. He could have a posse of brothers that, you know, that he could rely on and, you know, so, so like, once again, these cartoons that we did that are supposed to just be, you know, like, let's just make them laugh. Yeah. Actually we're changing lives. And I think in some respects, that's for me, that's the proverbial like a legacy gift for being part of being with Ed and Raph, especially right. And the turtles, because, you know, um, I mean, I'm on, um, I got invited by that. There's a group called cameo where um fans yeah where you can record yeah. messages for your um, friends and stuff so once again ed and raf are the two main dudes that i get asked to do right and and every i bet you 90 percent of the emails that come in say you had such a big deal with my childhood yeah. thank you for helping my childhood be better right so it's, you know, I guess in, to, to sort of circle back to your question going like, you know, what was the light bulb moment of, of these shows being so huge? They sort of continue on to yeah. this day because I because you just said it, too. It's now your kid is watching it. Nice job. Well done. <laughs> you know, but it's real because you don't you don't when you were a kid, you don't watch stuff that you don't like. You don't watch yeah. stuff that doesn't make you laugh. So unfortunately, kids today. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I hope, I mean, I believe there's really creative, smart people, but I think people are maybe not trusting that, that maybe they can create something new that's, that's out there and they don't have to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that the cartoons now are horrible. It's just, everything is so cookie cutter. It seems you've got everything that looks identical. There was like five or six shows my kid would watch. And other than voices, you couldn't tell, a considerable difference between one character and the next. It was the looks, the way they walk, everything like that. Yeah. Sort of like, oh, sorry, that, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it was sort of like, sort of like the the what the the mid two thousands version of um, uh, what was it? Uh, Transformers and and Ninja Turtles. They yeah. kind of look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just always crazy that they 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 want people to be different. They want stuff to be different. Yet it's the same things that are getting greenlit. Yeah, and that one was so great. Even though four turtles, they all <laughs> identically look the same, just with a yeah. different mask, right? Yeah. And then you got Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You've got a guy or a girl or a, a fucking piece of wood named Plank yeah. as a main oh, okay. character. Yeah. You know? And it's just insane yeah. that you yeah. guys have all of these personalities, all of these these crazy wacky adventures and everything just goes like this instead of you know going like this everything yeah. is just cohesive oh. everything's a wave oh yeah it's totally a wave it's a wave it's a wave but then sometimes the wave crashes down on you <laughs> it's it's uh yeah you nailed it dude and and that's the brilliance again i i gotta hand it to danny for having all these characters in his head yeah. that he somehow was able to articulate and share enough with all those that created you know then the, the characters from that what was inside his brain 
to then have what we had with that show because you know because we all like you know as the voice actors say we all bled for that show because you know there was sometimes our vocal cords were bleeding because we were working so hard to, yeah. to bring that vision to life right um and uh yeah i think we did a good job you know it's um i mean everybody did right because we I mean, all you know good is not strong enough of a word man you guys did a fantastic job on the show thank you, you friend yeah yeah <laughs> well you know but even it's funny it's it's the one that we consistently because i get together me and sammy are you know besties and uh you know who played double d and uh yeah. um you know we often say like it's since then it was the show that we all were super stoked to be there every day, but like three or four moments throughout every session were thought, holy shit, we're going to get tossed because we're not getting, because <laughs> it was constantly. So it was almost like being living in total, like not fear and then living in fear. So there was a, there was an energy to it, you know, cause like, <clears throat> that was Danny's favorite thing. He'd be like, energy, energy, energy. And like, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that ever again. Right. Cause I'm pretty energetic, but when, but when the director is saying, man, you're not being Ed today. I'm like, oh, I don't know how not to be Ed. You know, <laughs> and, um, you know but it's amazing because even getting the freaking job set a record because we'd never had eight callbacks before on a show ever. Right. What do you mean by we eight callbacks? Two callbacks, maybe three. You know, then the network shows up and they're in the other side of the glass in the bubble and, you know, the fish tank or whatever. And we're all going like, uh, hey, what do you think? Does this work? And they're like, hey, hey try it this way. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's it. But with Ed, Ed and Eddie, it was so ultimately it was probably 12 callbacks, even though the first four were not official callbacks. Yeah. They just said, yeah, well, let's bring them back in. We knew we were getting further down the line when for the last four, it was three definite distinct sets of cast or two. So we had two versions of Ed and two versions of Double D because yeah. two groups of us were going in and reading the scene and then they'd be like, okay, go outside. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it, whatever. And then they'd bring us back and they'd mix and match us with different actors that were like, so we kind of, through deduction, we went like, oh, okay, well, there's only, looks like there's only, that guy's only got one Ed's lines right now. Yeah. And, and, and out of sheer desperation on that, probably I think one of the last final ones I, I remember seeing Danny going like, because like I think back then you could still smoke in the studio. And he, he was just like, you could see he was going like, oh, this fucker is so close, but he's not, you know, he's not getting it or whatever. And out of desperation, I've never done this since. I, I went, uh, oh, excuse me. Um, and, I, and I went, and I, and I touched the mic cover, which you never do, right? As an actor. So instantly I knew, oh, fuck, the engineer, Wes, he's going to kill me because you don't, you do it, but I did it so lightly, but enough that I was just like, oh, excuse me. Um, oh, hi. And, and then literally they look up at me like, and I go, oh, uh, how do you get water from this thing here? And like, Danny went, oh my God, oh my God. And then he's yelling at Wes going like, did you get that? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fired before I even got hired. <laughs> Wes is ready to kill me, but he goes, yeah, I did. And they, they go play it to him. So they played it to me. Then, you know, how do you get water from this thing here? And he goes, that's Ed. Do that. Just do that. Right. I'm like, what? I just say, like, how do you get water? He's like, yes. So be vacant. Be, we just want Ed to come in from freaking sideways and come through the scene. We want him to come from below. We want him to come from the top. So it was, it was such a moment to then thank God Wes recorded it. Cause then for the first 13 episodes, every time I wasn't getting it, 
um, you know, I'd see Danny just going like, play him the fucking line, just play him the line, <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know, so for 13 episodes, I get to hear like, how do you get water from this thing here? <laughs> but it became Ed's tagline. Yeah. Right? For, you know what I mean? To just get me right back into the scene, you know? Um, and so it's a, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, I always, point, huh? I always like hearing that, that inside baseball term. Uh, I don't know. Shit about yeah. Baseball. I don't uh, know about baseball, but I like hearing, I hear other yeah. people say it. It always sounds really cool inside baseball. So it's nice to, you know, finally yeah. throw it on a podcast. Um, how many, now this is a little bit off subject, but it's still Ed boys. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you rolled through Tim Hortons and, ordered in ed's voice you know what's wild dude if we had tim horns in america i would canada and it's still to this day i have no idea why our wonderful cartoon network version up in canada called i don't even know what the hell they're called teletoon they somehow thought ed and eddie that's a stupid show they never aired it in canada not one episode so nobody in Canada. So our first, our, like our first marathons across Canada, you know, I go like, oh, hey, hey, everybody, Ed. People are like, oh, we haven't watched Ed. And, and I'm not kidding you. It was, thank God I was doing um, Care Bears at the time. So at yeah. least I could, you know, get the ladies with tender hearts. And Raphael, <laughs> you know, was, was a big one too. But, uh, um, but, you know, it's amazing. But and it wasn't until we hit America, that same thing. And then it was just like, I pulled that out and it was like, holy crap, what? Right. Um, so I, you know, unfortunately, I think Canadian kids got got shipped or jipped yeah. out of this brilliant series. Um, because you know, it's it's produced in Vancouver, it's made in Vancouver. It's fun. I mean, obviously it was then broadcast on Cartoon Network, but the you know, Canadian broadcasters couldn't have had a better show to run till the rest of time. You know, I mean, and I, 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 we didn't even talk about it ever because Danny would just lose his cry. Just, you know, he was never one to not share how he was feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, put, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Tim Hortons. So if Ed went to Tim Hortons now, I, they probably call the cops. <laughs> like, oh, roll up the rim to win. <laughs> you know, or they'd go, oh, that guy's a really cool guy cool voice you know whatever but yeah <laughs> uh, the first time i ever had tim hortons i was uh I was stationed over in norfolk virginia ah. and it was the, <clears> only, <throat> the only place that you could actually get in and get out and what, what were they no one called dunk because that's duncan but the yeah, uh, dunk, oh, yeah 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 but yeah roll up the rim to win that's a that's a tim hortons thing for sure yeah um, um but yeah, I can't think. What do you guys call those dunkin donuts calls them duncan the duncan dots or whatever but they were small oh tin bits there you go. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't think of the name, man. You can go over there and get like 30 of them for 15 oh. bucks, 12 bucks, and you just smash the rest of the day. Oh, these beautiful. I know. That's I, I actually, I found Timbits uh, on our Run for One Planet tour because I was always one step away from bonking because I was so out of calories. So literally be like, all right, and then <laughs> have a Timbit and just be like, woohoo. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> how, did that, how did your body feel on that marathon every day, though? You know, it's neat. It literally, be, I mean, we trained for 18 months yeah, Jesus to get ready for that. Right. So yeah. as our, you know, we went, you know, but it's amazing. I mean, the first, the day that we decided to do this, this tour, um, Steph, my co-partner in this, um, her limit was 10 K cause she hadn't been a runner to begin with. I mean, I've been running my whole life and track and, you know, I think by that point I'd done eight Ironmans. So I was, 
I was versed in knowing, okay, how to kind of use the small steps, add up mentality and also mileage to go, okay, well, start where you are, right? So when we decided to do the run, when I shared with, with her what I was thinking and she said, yeah, you know what? I'd really love to come too. That day, um, her limit was 10K. So in the spirit of run for one planet, we went, okay, well, we're going to run around North America eventually. Um, let's do two loops around this, this Burnaby Lake place that we were running in. So, you know, in one fell swoop, we doubled our mileage. Yeah. So and she slept for the rest of the weekend because she was so bad. <laughs> but it really showed you that's where we started from, right? And then so 18 months of slow incremental training, like within, I would probably running like five days a week. Um, so from 10 K went to 15, went to 20, went to 30. Then we jumped up within about three months. We were running our first marathon, but we would run them consistently. So we would run, we would typically run the big long stuff on the weekend. So we would usually go like a Friday night, um, especially in the spring when it's light out a lot. Yeah. And we would run a marathon, um, on the Friday and then we would run hills on the Saturday, which would be two times up and down this mountain, um, where we live here in Vancouver, um, that would simulate the Rocky Mountains, right? Yeah. So we would do, um, we'd end up doing a marathon on that. And then we go back and do the same marathon route on Sunday um, called the lower route because it was, wasn't as hilly, yeah. right? So we really got used to in a short span of time having running, basically being like going to the office every day, right? Yeah. You know, but except for like a business suit and, and, and business shoes, you know, we had a dry fit shirt, you know, a, a bamboo eco fit shirt and, you know, runners and, and shorts. Right. And that was our, that was our uniform. Right. Um, and, and it really, by the time we got to the, the starting day on May 4th, 2008, it was like, it was go time. Like even like our bodies were going like, all right, okay, it's time to do this. Right. And, um, and it's, it's amazing what the body goes through. I mean, we had amazing, obviously support chiropractically, um, nutritionally, um, you know, as we did all the training, because same thing, even though I was an experienced marathoner, sort of, um, I, I'm more of a slow turtle, right? But that's why I'm, you know, I'm true to the name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, it's always been around be sustainable in what it is that I do. Mm -hmm. And if I, you know, if I got an injury, thank God I had the support of, you know, my, one of my best friends, who's like a dad to me, um, who's also just an amazing chiropractor and, yeah. you know, um, and the billion other things that he does when your body is wrecked. Give him a shout um, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Don Grant. Yeah. Don Grant and Associates, I tell you. Um, and uh, yeah, Coastal Wellness here in Port Moody. So if any of your listeners ever need chiropractic support, um, but his son is now a chiropractor there too. And his wife is as well. So, you know, you get the whole family, right? Yeah. It's uh it's amazing to like that. It's, you know, you have all these relationships that you, that were born out of, out of a love of doing something mm -hmm. that then turn out to be like lifelong and they literally keep you running on the, you know, the marathon of your life. Yeah. You know, for me, it just happens to be real marathons. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's amazing where the body starts to feel like that's more the normal thing to do. So like we, so you know, early on, obviously you had little bumps. So then you, you know, hit a plateau and then you reach another peak and then you have a bit of a rest period and you go down, but running, you know, running our marathons a day literally was more the normal feeling of going, Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Wake up. Thank God. I'm, I've been awake an early waker for my whole life. So yeah. for me to wake up at four, um, I would typically start the first marathon pull because we did them in four or 10 K sections. 
-hmm. So we would go 42.2 um, every day. So I would do that. And so would Steph. So even within that 42.2 each, we would break it down into 10 K sections. So, yeah. so, so we would do it four times, but it would be spaced out. So I'd have like an hour break between each run pull. So we literally just leapfrogged each other around the continent. Right. But it turned out to be the most sustainable way to do it. Yeah. Um, and also as the tour started to get going, we actually needed that extra time um, to, well, to have a bit of a rest, but more so it was mostly because we had so much freaking work to do. Um, you know, because we both give each other like a whole bunch of to-do lists, you know, on our break. <laughs> right. So, uh, um, but you know, um, if we even had like a, say a couple weeks off doing events in towns, it was amazing because our body would suck in all this extra nutrition. Um, but at the same time, then there would be like a moment, anything longer than two weeks of a break. And it, and it was just like, <laughs> you're like itching and shit. I gotta get going again, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then as we found out, unfortunately, um, the hard way, having like a few extra days break, plus I am such a big eater. So I gained another 15 pounds on like that was a wet noodle. I think I was like 120, like you know, soaking wet at one point. But I gained weight fast. But those first three days back to the marathons, oh, it was so painful. Yeah. It was like we'd never run a day in our life. Because I ate so many carbs, so many, like, you know, in the States. Have you ever had hush puppies? Oh, you're from, from the South. Well, I think we invented oh. it down here. Yeah. What is with hush puppies? They're so, they're like Timbits on crack. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Well, you, oh. Used to do these like, crawfish ones. I work in a, everybody's going to hate me saying this because I've said it at least once because food always comes up, right? Yeah. So I, I'm, a, I'm a chef mm -hmm. and yeah. we work down here and uh, we used to do these crawfish ones with a gator sauce. Yeah. So we take crawfish, saute it down with onions and garlic, mix it in there, deep fry it, all the bad stuff. And then just a shit ton of mayo sauce on oh, top. But it's yeah. so good. It's like the space, like soul food, man. Yeah. It, oh, and well, and that's what I loved about the South too, right? Cause everyone like, and I'm not kidding you, like moms, teachers, everyone's like, man, y'all are so skinny here. <laughs> eat this, <laughs> Right. They yeah. throw food in our face and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so good. Uh, you know, so like in the South, it's honestly God, even though we were still running a marathon each a day. So we're blowing through 4,000 calories. I gained weight in the South because they kept feeding me because they thought I was just too skinny. Right. Um, what are you you know, oh, we, oh my God. My favorites, like, oh, I probably three well-loaded protein shakes uh, to get going in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. I had, I mean, and in that I'd have like, Pro, you know chocolate protein powder blueberries yogurt um scoops of all this other i don't know what the heck it was but like special stuff uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that dawn gave us it's like desert dust and stuff it's go -go uh, juice. minerals and stuff yeah, yeah yeah but um but like in all honesty too it was i was feeling ourselves with a lot of whole foods like my favorite was like i'd have like a six egg omelet yeah um at 4 a.m and that would literally last me for half the marathon every single day so it, it that be, well, it got to be pretty simple, right? To go, okay, six eggs, <laughs> like cheese, spinach, avocado, keep it simple. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I did every day. At some point in the day, I would have, uh, I'd have a six omelet, um, you know, um, protein and, you know, carbs meal or whatever, right? Um, How often did you get tired of eggs though? Or was that <laughs> something you look forward to? Never got tired of eggs. Uh, I love eggs. Yeah, they're so good, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and it's the same thing. It's like different regions that we went in. 
different things would be offered to us as different sort of like additions to, you know, make your eggs taste better or, you know, <laughs> um, but for the most part, you know, I mean, like even when we got into like the, you know, the growing states like Arizona and California, um, you know, then it just became more, you know, like your fruit salad was on the freaking side of the highway. Yeah. You know, it was amazing to like, you know, jump into a ditch and, you know, well, jump over the ditch, hopefully. Um, and, you know, <laughs> like pick some, like, you know, whatever citrus fruit was growing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of grapefruits, like, you know, and then avocados and then running through fields of spinach. And, and like, it was, it was amazing. It was such a, such a gift. What was your favorite? What was your favorite? Like, so I've traveled all over the country and I've traveled all over the world, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then there's two places that I always say that have had the prettiest and well, I guess prettiest is the only word you can really come come to mind at least is the prettiest sunrise and sunset prettiest sunrise is by far New Mexico, at least for me driving through seeing all those mountains seeing all those plateaus. What was your favorite state or what was your favorite area to run through when you were doing this. Oh my god you just like gave me images. I, I like it's funny. Yes, New Mexico. Uh, sun like whatever I can't even remember what direction we were so I can't remember if it was sunrise or sunset um but like like that desert I love the south I love the desert um you know but then I remember having a moment where like I we were just crossed into Maine and it was October because it was really cool it was almost just before Halloween so it wasn't it hadn't frosted over but it was super super almost frosty yeah and so the sky, and I'll never forget, I got up to take a, can you say take a pee? I got up to take a pee. So, um, oh man. Okay. So, you know, I had to relieve myself. Um, <laughs> in, the middle, in the middle of the night, it was probably, I'm guessing maybe three in the morning. Cause I was up at four and I went out there, did my business. And I literally was gobsmacked with the clarity, like the clearness in the sky and then the stars and then I could just, so it must've been closer to four because I could see the, almost like the twilight almost kind of happening. Yeah. And to that, to this day, that moment still just gives me goosebumps when I talk about it. Cause it made me really realize how, um, how not alone we are actually in the world. Right. Because I had those opposite moments where we felt like, holy shit, nobody knows we're out here. Nobody cares. Nobody like, you know, like what the, you know, what blah, 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 blah. We had 10, you know, the RV almost burned down today. You know, we've still got 400 miles to go. We've got kids waiting, you know, waiting for us. But then somebody would drive by and I'd hear, run for us, run. <laughs> right? So it was just like, yes, okay. Somebody knows we're out here. Right. And, you know, so we, it would always be this unbelievable juxtaposition between like, you know, sleep deprivation, but the best yeah. sleep ever. Calories in, calories out. But then people feeding you the stinkiest clothes I'd ever been in my life. And, you know, <laughs> A beautiful lady in the south or wherever we were in Canada would just pick us up, throw us and our and our clothes in the shower, and you know we'd get a good meal in the shower and and a great sleep or whatever, right? That's awesome. Um, but then you know, um, probably one of the biggest moments of of a sunrise, I'll never or not actually no, it was it was a sunset. That's right. Was coming from um, eastern uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. We were getting close to California because <clears throat> we knew it on the map obviously right because we were yeah. running right along the border so we had like we, we had you know the u.s those guys knew us well they're like yeah there's those crazy canadians they're, <laughs> they're running for the planet like you know i mean they were like 
they were always just like, where are you running from? Right. And we'd be like, well, actually we're, we're running, you know, around North America. And when they checked our plates, they're like, holy shit, they're not lying. Right. So, so we had the posse of, of, you know, these amazing men and women in, in those, in those vehicles, right. Going like, you know, toot toot, remember get off the road at sundown. Right. Kind of thing. Um, because obviously we were right on the border, right. It's, uh, um, but it was amazing this one day because we were so close to California and, and it was like the dry Arizona desert, you know, you know, you know, that smell, right? Oh yeah. And then we, you know, we'd smell the spinach and all this, but then that one particular day, as I finished, the sun was setting over the West as literally we crested this big massive hill and it said, welcome to California. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have scripted it better because I got this like unreal rush of salt air yeah. mixed with the Pacific mixed mm-hmm. with all the sage, all the other stuff, all the spinach, all the avocados hit me in the head. And I just about sobbed because I was going like, Oh my God, we're almost in California. Even though we had a, you know, we had a few days to still run to, to the coast or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it was like, Holy shit, we've got one leg to go. Pardon the pun, but you know, right. Cause we took it in four big sections. Right. Yeah. But it was amazing because that, like that sunset said so much of how I was feeling and how we had been on the road for so long. And, you know, 18 months before that, decided to do this big one looper around our continent. Yeah. And so seeing this sunset and then be, you know, gifted with like the smell of the Pacific, because that's the smell I know well, because I've grown up on in Vancouver, yeah. right? You know, and like my work's always been Vancouver to, to L.A., right mm-hmm. so i know the coast so well right and uh so i mean for me it was, it was like what a like this collusion of you know yeah. oh my god we <laughs> <laughs> you know, and even though then you know it, it becomes very apparent very quickly um you still have three months of running to do <laughs> motherfucker. but you know what i mean so you know yeah. like ed would always be like oh don't get ahead of yourself young mister you know <laughs> You still have to put one foot in front of the other a few more kilometers. <laughs> How many times did Ed come out when you were running? Oh, my God. Every day. <laughs> you know, like, oh, what are you? Like, hey, hi, oh, hi, buddy. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, everybody. Oh, yeah. He's, yes. I think I finally embraced it. It's like, okay, he's with me for life. You know, just yeah. like Roth, you know. I mean, it's, a, it's two good voices to have. I mean, you, you, everybody says you could have voices in your head. You just don't want to interact with them. But as long as you interact I with know. them, okay. <laughs> I, I it's funny I got asked to do a TED talk a, a few years ago and it was such an honor to put it together because I knew I had to start with these voices so that's exactly how I did it you know I started with Ed saying you know good morning you know Brentwood College and then Raph going hey yo yo what's going on and then you know I'm like oh hello I'm Tenderheart and you know you guys <laughs> oh what a beautiful looking group of students you know and and then literally this collusion of all three of them trying to get a word in. Yeah. Right? And I somehow going, <clears throat> yeah, hey, excuse me, guys. Hey, I'm trying to talk to the with college. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't remember to tell them to take care of themselves. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I get to step forward and, you know, be Matt or whatever. Right. So, yeah. you know, but it's, but it's like, what a gift, right? Like, I feel so blessed because, you know, I mean, I worked hard, but at the same time, I realize. I think it's the same for all of us, right? When we make these choices to do something and how maybe even if it's that sort of almost like that, we've that whisper or that call. Yeah. Right. That, that light bulb that's inside of us. That's where I feel 
that's what we're all here to do, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's all, look at all the ways I bet you if we talked to you for an hour, you'd be able to tell me all those same moments for you. Yeah. Oh my God, here's how it led me to here. Holy crap, I face planted and completely shit the bed doing <laughs> that. But it allowed me to do this because yeah. things almost at the end of the day work out better than expected, right? Yeah. Even when you think maybe they haven't, right? If, but if we sit there and don't do anything, then okay, nothing happens, right? Yeah. But sometimes we do have to sit there and go like, Oh, man, that sucked. Huh. <laughs> then you go, oh, oh, what's that over there? For me, it's like, ooh, sparkly, ooh, light bulb, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I come by it honestly, at least. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, for what, me, it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go for it, go for it. Well, for me, it, it is it's always kind of like answering that that light bulb or the call to the journey or the, because really we're all heroes on our journey. That's yeah. really, we're all, we're all humans being here on the earth, right? You know, to me, that's what makes me feel so grateful to be alive because that's where I believe the problems of world health, the problems of like, over, you know, all the problems we're facing right now. Yeah. It's why we can solve them because we are smarter than we sometimes allow ourselves to be. Right. And, and it's the second that we go, holy shit, what this is happening. Okay. All right. You know what? All these amazing brains all support each other in being uniquely them usually tend to solve some of the biggest issues that we face yeah right but it's when we're all you know nope i'm gonna be solo and i'm not gonna share anything with you i'm not even gonna put my light on i'm not <laughs> even gonna put my camera on but yet you know what i mean there's yeah. a there's a certain there's a certain i think irony in that right where the second that we actually allow ourselves to be vulnerable and actually share not and i don't mean it like you know when you you know what i mean when you when you just go like yeah. oh well, then blah 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 i did this and i did. it's not about that it's yeah. it it's about i think authentically sharing ourselves in the world that then maybe might even inspire someone else to go like yeah man you know like look at all the people in your life right yeah they see you being you right and probably go like man i'll never do a podcast but holy shit i might be a hockey player or yeah. I might be a football player, right? Or, or maybe they'll be a podcaster, right? Hey, nine times out of 10, they're going to be a hell of a lot better one than I am. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting here talking shit with people I've just grew up loving. Um, you know, when, when you were just talking, can we say, or can we have a, uh, what, what, what's it called? A, uh, fuck man, my brain's kind of all over the place right now, but I guess a, uh, you heard it here first. Are you saying Ed 2020? Is that what you're saying? Ooh, Ed 2020. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think. What, what yeah. are you intimating at? I mean, meaning like the cartoon's going to go again? No. No, man. You just need to run for office, man. You got a, you got a really good grip on all this shit. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, you know, I think the world does need a little more Ed. If I was American, I might throw my hat, my hat in the ring. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm smart, but I don't think I'm that smart. I don't think, you know, well, some people would say you're <laughs> you're not that stupid but you know that's different cool <laughs> thought, right? um but yeah i don't know man it's well it's interesting because it, it it's an interesting time for me that i've actually come out of like a, a decade of some of my most busyness if you will yeah. um and you know working and having so many new projects that i was at some points i'm I, you know as an actor holy crap it's 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 such a problem to have yeah right Oh my God, I'm so tired, but I worked on five shows this week for, you know, five years. That's like, oh my God, thank you, God. Um, and then interestingly enough, I guess the universe was saying, 
Matty Hill, you're going to have a break. Because, yeah. you know, um, the, all the shows I was doing, they stopped. They got, you know, they either just had their course or they got canceled or they just didn't get picked up. And I've, I've had probably one of the slowest three years of my 30 years of, you know, being a, being a voice guy. Um, so it's been a really beautiful time for me to kind of really take stock at year 33. Okay. Yeah. How do I want to share my voice forward? Um, and so, uh, it's been obviously going back because for me, it's always going back to the run. Um, and because before COVID, um, I was actually set to go across, I was going to go across Canada again. And then if, if things were looking like I could go into the States, um, I was going to essentially do run for one planet, you know, 2.0. Um, but then COVID obviously arrived. And so, you know, as we've all had to do, we've, we've had to rejig how we connect. Right. Um, Cause for me, it's kids in schools and cartoons and, and running. Right. I mean, slow. Right. But it's still true for me. Even at 52, I feel even more passionate to share this message with kids because, you know, kids need, I, I think, a connector point to, to and, it, and it doesn't mean I have all the answers, not far from it, but I'm willing to be an adult, so-called, in that conversation to go like, you know what, you guys, you guys are pint-sized eco, you guys are heroes already being you. Let's, let's, let's empower you even more. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's always been that way. Um, so it's been interesting to rejig. Um, and so on Earth Day, I started, um, you know, running a marathon a day and I, and I covered between April 22nd and August um, 15th. Um, I covered almost 3000 K. So 69 marathons, um, knowing that ho I was hoping in my delusional self that we were going to get greenlit to go more, you know, leave our bubble, let's say. Yeah. But obviously with COVID, um, you know, still a big part of our lives. Um, I was like, okay, I can still do something. So now I'm going to go back and I've, um, and I've been writing a book for the last year. So um, I'm in the middle stages of uh, um, a book called Turtle on the Run. Uh, <laughs> and um, so essentially stories from my life and listen, lessons learned and, you know, face plant moments, but then get up and, you know, repeat it till you learn the lesson like that, that sort of a, you know, that sort of a book, um, for, for, um, it's going to be, well, my goal is it'll be finished in January and then we'll go to print, um, after that. So I'm going to self-publish it. So, um, it'll be uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a neat way to go like, yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a great way to be able to like, I don't know, share, share what I've felt as well, you know, um, you throw it on Kickstarter. Um, I'm doing it. I don't know. I think I'm doing it on, um, isn't it Amazon? Who Amazon, but Kickstarter is where you can put it out there and then you put specific tiers in there. Say, I'm trying to reach this amount of money. And then oh. if, as long as you hit these tiers, like you can set up tiers, anything as low as I think is five bucks. Oh. You have oh. five, 10, a hundred or whatever. And yeah. I've seen some of these tiers go out and they're like, I'll make a phone call to you if you go and pledge this much, or you'll get something, you know, signed or something oh. like that. Yeah, huh. so that huh. way it doesn't have to come out of your out of your pocket because there's fans like myself that would love to go out there and support you and support what you're doing, man. Wow, I had never thought of that, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. Maybe we could have a maybe we have a chat about this at another point because uh, yeah, that would actually be. I never even thought of that because I'm I'm always I'm old school. I'm always <laughs> like, well, if you want to do something, do it yourself and yeah. you know pay for it myself. So I so I am. I mean, I've been obviously I'm I'm not paying myself to write it, but 
in order to print it and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was going to, you know, um, I'm working with an editor, thank God, because <laughs> 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 it's going to run on, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so I'm literally, after this podcast, I'm going to go out and do another, um, well, probably won't do a whole marathon today because um, I have another, um, sorry, I have another podcast interview at six. <laughs> You're not my only one. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, it's perfectly fine, man. I'm just glad you did this one. Oh, I feel honored. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll probably do I'll probably do half a marathon today um, because my last chapter in the book is called 21 Days of Discovery and Beyond. So originally it was going to be 21 days to discover starting the next Run for One Planet journey. But then when COVID arrived, I was like, oh, okay, well, now it's 21 days and beyond COVID, um, you know, letting COVID help guide your way. Yeah. So it's now the lesson that I've been learning over the last few months, coupled with the lessons I've learned over the last three very quiet years yeah. um, of, of, I guess, in a way, rejigging what it is I do. And, you know, I'll, interestingly enough, these voices continue to be the things that allow to be that fuel. So that's, that's what I think is just like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, um, so yeah, it's, I'm stoked, dude. You know, it's, um, it, it feels really good. Um, I think, you know, I mean, maybe for all of us, I, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I'm never openly stoked for a year to kind of come to a close. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I mean it this way where I think for all of us, I think we, we could really feel good knowing that there's not a ton of months left in 2020. Yeah. For me, that's what's lit the fire under my butt to go, okay, I'm going to finish this book um, and also start my next set of marathons Mm -hmm. so that it keeps me grounded, but it also keeps me open to what I call my downloads that are given to me. And they seem to be done when I'm on the move. Yeah. Um, some people it's sitting in the bathtub. Some people it's, you know, like, like you know what I mean? It's like yeah. some people it's uh, so um, yeah, I feel really stoked and grateful because, you know, um, I, I know if it's one thing that's even stronger in me now, I believe in the power of the human spirit because I really believe we, we got this. I really believe that we we're finding our way through um, and, you know, it doesn't matter what political spectrum anybody comes from or what, socioeconomic situation we're in interestingly a pandemic is the thing that actually links us all together because right now in various different ways this is the way that we can come together right um or in your neighborhood where you live we're being asked to connect locally right so you know because for me like i said i've always been a big dreamer about okay go out there in the big yonder so for me it was like Cause everybody always asks going, okay, well, when's the next run? And so I was like, well, guess what? Earth day, 2020, I'm taking off and I'm going to go around and, you know, in my big, hairy, audacious dream, it's going to be so supported that then I'm going to run around the rest of the planet. So for me, that was real. Cause I know it's really powerful to be able to, to meet people and, and go and do and be this example that I'm, that I'm kind of in a way asking others to be in their own life. Yeah. So with COVID arriving, it, it had to rejig everything, but the, you can still reach people. You may, I just may not go around the planet in this first next few years, but yeah. I can go around the planet in this very way that we're doing this conversation yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. So write the book and podcast and you know, be invited to do things. That to me is, you know, maybe I even reach more kids that way. Right. I mean, it's possible. Everybody's online I and mean, everybody's communicating this way now. And uh, are you, are you, I know we're towards the end of this conversation, but you brought up running. 
quite a few times and I, I really get that because what you've done, if anything, I haven't ran in about a year. Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be fun when you do. You're oh, gonna I'm going to run tonight. You've, you've motivated me to go out and run. So I'm going to run yeah. tonight. I'm going to yeah. take my, I'm going to take my dogs. I'll take my female Husky cause she loves to run. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to take her, but, uh, yeah. are you familiar with comedians at all? Like, uh, are you a, an, into standup? Are those guys funny guys? Is that what you're <laughs> I mean, some of them there. could, some yeah. of them could be. Some of them uh, could be. Yeah. There's a few that I think might have a career, maybe, you know. Yeah, there's <laughs> at least five. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, um, yeah. There's, uh, there's a guy, his name is Eddie Izzard. Do you know who that is? He's an English guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he did this thing. Uh, it was either last year or the year before last where he was pretty much running across the country, across the world. He did a, uh, he did a marathon every day, and I can't remember what he was running money for. However, um, you're doing essentially – something pretty close to that. And if anything with the mm -hmm. Kickstarter, and then you could possibly reach out to him with all your fame and stuff like, Hey man, maybe we can collaborate. Cause he's got a big stage. You've got a big stage. So it's something you could possibly look into. His name is at, like I said, Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Yeah. What was his, what was his famous show again? Or is he, no, no, he's a comedian. You're yeah, right. He's a comedian and he was known for, uh, he was known for cross-dressing in a time where it wasn't well, I mean, right. depending on who you ask, most people don't like it now, but it's right. fucking 2020. Do whatever you want, man. It's, it's <laughs> life is way too short. If I've learned anything this year from just losing these two people right here, Kobe Bryant, RIP, fucking Chadwick Boseman, Wakanda forever, man. Those this year has sucked more on a bigger level. Just losing those two guys, those two beacons of light and any kind of uh, community. Right. And yeah. if, if we can do anything here. And I enjoy what you've talked about, running and talking to these damn kids, man. If any, anybody needs to talk to, it's kids these days. Kids need to know how strong they can actually be, how much of a voice they can actually have. Because when we're gone, you know, tomorrow, next week, 10, 20 years from now, these guys are going to be the ones leading the front lines, man. And there's so many people like yourself that could just sit back and go to sleep. But no. you are taking your platform and you're taking your voices and mind you, voices, all of the voices, you're using those as a positive way to tell these kids, man, you guys can do more. And man, I can't thank you enough for that, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks. So, Thanks, man. Yeah, you you nailed it. Because that, for me, that is the fuel that is that answering that call to the journey, you know, that like, you know, I just happened to get it doing running. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, but it's amazing because it really is the truth of it, right? If we just keep going, you know, rest when we need to rest, sleep when we need to sleep, drink when you need to drink, get off the highway when you pass out, which I often had that happen, you know, before a transport trip comes and runs you over. Yeah. But you, you and, and it's obviously metaphorically for so many people too, it's all these transport trucks arrive to help you out. An aid station will open up to offer assistance. Somebody will just say, get out of the freaking way here, get in, you know, you know, I mean, even, can I finish with one story? Yeah, man. We were running over the, it was amazing. We were running in Biola Battery, right? Um, uh, in, where is that? Is that Alabama? What was where, the where was the state that, was it Georgia where they, where they filmed um, Forrest Gump? Oh, uh, he was at a, shit, was it Mississippi? Let me, I'll, okay. I'll Google real quick. Down, down in that area, the day that literally we were running, and I'll never forget it, it was this 10 mile bridge across the bayou, right? And mm. as we're heading down towards, it was kind of a little bit late in the day, We'd, we'd had a few um, breaks because we had some interviews with different news organizations and stuff. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we're running down this thing and we're about to go down towards this bridge and this guy's running towards us. And he's like, 
Y'all have a nice day now. And remember, don't get blown off the bridge, right? And I hear this, ho, 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 right? And we're like, get blown off the bridge. What the hell is he talking about? It's beautiful sunshine. Skies are like bluer than blue, right? I'm thinking like, oh, maybe he, you know, smelled some of my wind as, you know, <laughs> and so literally me and Steph, we go cruising across this, this bridge that's six miles long. Yeah. Um, and halfway through along, it goes from like, picture perfect beautiful to like winds and um you know clouds coming over like this it's almost like the three you know things of the apocalypse arrive <laughs> in, three, in the first three miles over this bridge yeah. and literally it was it went from picture perfect to we were literally running for our lives with like um you know hail size like hail with like wind that was coming in from below from, from coming in from above like when remember in Forrest Gump when, yeah, um, rain was coming in everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, like totally. That was the moment, right? And I remember, like, Steph had said months earlier, going, wouldn't it be wild if we got to run through a tornado, right? <laughs> and so literally we had our tornado moment in this three cells that came because we were so close to the, I guess, the, what, the, uh, what was it, the Atlantic Ocean? And then the, yeah. um, the Gulf Coast the, and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah. So literally they often, they come in these supercells, right? And so hit us full on to the point where i'm going holy shit we're gonna die like i'm <laughs> grabbing stuff and she's like what did you do to me why not have you know, i never we're having this meltdown in the middle of the bridge well i'm like stuff just keep your eyes open we'll get there and we're you know because our our tour bus was still on the other side of the bridge waiting for us right and our you know our, my nephew was with us at the time and he's like oh my god we're gonna die and <laughs> So in the middle of this freaking storm, this little Dodge Neon comes flying up. It's things you, it's amazing what you remember. And I remember the taillights and I'm like, oh, that looks like a, looks like a Dodge Neon. And then the, you know, the flashers start going on yeah. <clears throat> and out this door. I literally, I see that the wispy hair of this lady who instantly I thought of the, remember the grandma in um, Poltergeist? Yeah. The one that was like, go to the light, child, go to the light. <laughs> that little lady on that bridge in the bayou where we where they'd filmed Forrest Gump, um, and we only knew that because we sat in the chair that earlier in that day where he yeah. was sitting on the bench. Yeah. So in that county, as we're about to get killed by this storm, this little old lady who's the poltergeist lady reincarnated goes, <laughs> run to the car children run to the car there's a tornado coming so we literally were like what a tornado right steph gets in the car puts the you know seatbelt on she's like i'm not moving i'm still in hero mode going like no it's okay ma'am we're from canada we're running across <laughs> the well, she literally never forget she's like what are you stupid or something get in there's a tornado watch you got to get off you know get off this bridge i'm like oh tornado so you know get in put the thing on she takes us to the end of the thing cussing us out the whole way going like what are you stupid you guys are you know and still trying to tell her we're running for the planet and we're running for canada you know we you see this all like what like what are these guys doing right and um you know but that's like one story in a million of another local hero that that literally showed up in that moment to go holy crap i need to help yeah i'm gonna help you guys move forward right so you know, and, and I mean, we have, oh man, we had like hundreds of those stories, right? Where, Did you look at Stephanie and say, you asked for this when she said oh, she wanted a tornado? She, I would have never let it live her down. I, I shouldn't have, shouldn't I? I know I can't even take credit for it either. Like, cause she really did. She was like, I wonder if I'll run through a tornado. <laughs> right? And, you know, I'm like, 
Uh, you know, but she often would be like, Maddie, I, why did I sign up for this? I'm so stupid, you know, or whatever, but no, she, you know, uh, but, but, it, you know, but we would often go from those would be the extremes. Right. And that would happen before noon. Right. You know, and then we still have seven hours of running to do and, you know, like the RV blowing up a few times and catching fire and i've literally still got 6k to go to the rv and i know steph and our crew member and my cousin uh you know are in there i promised steph's parents that i'd get her home alive if i could <laughs> right so i'm just like and you can't run any faster than you can run it's right like, so, nightmare. You know, yeah you know so i'm like oh my god oh my god i hope they got out oh my god i hope that's not smoke from the rv yes, <laughs> right you know it's like ah oh, he's you know but then like that, like that story where the RV almost blew up, a local hero came running out of his far, out of his uh, house with a fire extinguisher. Cause he's like, Holy shit, that thing's on fire. Yeah. Right? And you know, and then, and then a guy drives like three hours from, um, we were in, we were in, um, we were in the Maritimes and the guy, you know, little Johnny, he was the same size as me, you know, a guy, Johnny from Newfoundland and you know, <laughs> drove three hours with a, with a tow truck that was big enough that he could tow our 28 foot eco home on wheels, yeah. you know, to the nearest Ford dealership. Right. So, you know, then ensued a whole other, you know, part of the journey and, you know, he didn't have to do it, but he said, yes. Cause he's like, these guys are doing this. Holy crap. You know? And then at the end, I'm like, what do I owe you, Johnny? And he's like, not owe me. Are you kidding me? You know, you're doing something for my grandkids. You know, he's like, ah, I'm, I'm past what being able to make a difference, but this is for my grandkids. Yeah. Right. So he said, that was his catalyst to come out and help us. Right. And then not charge us for, you know, six hours worth of towing, you know, which was probably five, 600 bucks. Right. Yeah, easily, so easily. So. Yeah, easily. Yeah. You know, and so, so all these amazing in-person moments of people colliding with us as we ran this dream forward to go, I can't maybe run the way you guys are doing it because I'm not meant to do it that way, but I'm going to help you guys out. So they became local heroes. Right. And so it's, you know, and, and so even with COVID-19 being local, I've still met a ton of local heroes right in my hometown. Yeah. Sometimes we, we realize that I think that's been the biggest gift for me having to sort of stay local yeah. is rediscovering actually all the local heroes that actually have always been here. Right. You know, family and friends. And, yeah. Are you going to record any of this? This would be an outstanding documentary, man. Well, so I think, um, I mean, uh, don't don't have stephanie wish another goddamn tornado on you guys and i mean that's that's great for for suspense if you want to keep it as a thriller but i mean i wouldn't want to trust try, uh, try it twice yeah well you know it's interesting because sometimes people have i mean you know people who know me know this is where i live um and so it's it's easier for them to say like like that when i you know when i was literally getting ready to go do it again but this time i was going to be actually doing it even more sort of low scale because I was just going to push my own stuff and stay, you know, stay in people's houses and stay in hotels and stuff like that. But with, um, you know, with, to me, it's why I really pray that there's a vaccine sooner than later, because yeah. I really feel in my heart, kids really need this type yeah. of message to be able to like what you just said, in real time, be able to like, look them in the eye and go, you guys, you make my life better being alive. You are the smartest you right now. And you're only in the third grade, but to, to really get kids to know how 
powerful they are and how smart they are and how beautiful they are and how how it, it's not about how many likes you get on you know tiktok or whatever the hell they're doing they're on right yeah. now do you know what i mean though because yeah. it, it really that's the truth of it right it's like you know you have a you have a 10 year old that you're is like your it's your experiment of little human in, in process right how many moments i'm sure you've seen um him or her it's a her uh, him. It's a, a him. Yeah. You know, you've seen him succeed and you go like, yeah, you know, and maybe you've seen him have a couple of defeats, right. But you cheer him just as much or you help him learn the lesson that, yeah. you know what, you, it's okay. You know, cause that's universal. I think you could say for all dads, I know my dad said that to me, as long as you tried your best yeah, and only, you know, if you've tried your best or if you've prepared in whatever it is that you're doing, doesn't matter what the outcome is. Oh yeah even if you're dead last in your first race, which for me, that was my first track meet, right? You're not a loser. Right? You never say that to your kid, right? But you're, you're not a failure. You're, yeah. you're just, you're having to just learn, okay, here's your superhero power. Now you got to double up and triple up on your faith in yourself. Right. Well, I gotta, I gotta I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this story. Um, I, I'll, this one's very fun. So my kid just started doing karate within the last year. Um, just had his first tournament. He likes to walk around. I told him on the last one, he likes to walk around like Bruce Lee, you know, his fucking arms are all out like that. And I'll get to are that. You his kick bag? Huh? Are you his kick bag? Uh, I mean, kick, punch, elbow, knees. I mean, it's, he's undiscriminative on pain. He's trying to inflict on me. Isn't and, that uh, he's uh, his, his, his first, the first tournament they've done since COVID started out. And this was his first tournament altogether. Right. So he goes and he gets first place his first time. Right. Yeah. So he's walking around the house like with his little with his little uh, with his little undershirt on and stuff trying to bow out. And he's got a, He's a little he's got a little chunk like I did when I was younger. Right. So he's got a little yeah. bit of a belly and you can see that walking around and they released uh, statistics not too long ago. And it showed his name and he was sixth in the state, but only because he only had this one fight. Right. So he just kept walking around. I told him, you know, go upstairs, scoop the cat litter. You know, you got to keep him grounded. You got to keep him humble, right? Go upstairs and scoop the cat litter. And as he's on his way up, he's like six in the state, six in the state. And he's just rolling his shoulders all the way up. (laughs) That's the truth, right? Yeah. He's got a little personality in him. uh, But that's brilliant, though, because you nailed it. It's like honoring his, that's, you should celebrate that you yeah. are six in the state in that. And at the same time, like you said, and celebrate while you're going to scooping out the cat litter. Yeah. <laughs> That's life, right? It's all oh, absolutely. He slept, he slept with that trophy for like two nights. Oh. I had to go in there and it's a huge, I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty tall for his age. I mean, height runs on both of our sides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife's and the trophy's almost as tall as him and him just sitting there. I walked in there and he's got his arm around it and he's sleeping and stuff. And I'm like, God damn it. That's <laughs> so, yeah, oh, man, it was. It's one of those ones I wish it was a Kodak moment. I wish Kodak was still around, type of yeah, thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Eh? It's a Kodak yeah. moment right here for you. Oh, yeah. That's one of those things I'll never forget. And another thing I will never forget is the first time I heard the Ed Boys on TV, man. I want to thank you for sitting down. I know we went a little bit over. Well, but I have horrible, but yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm apologizing for you because I know you got shit to do. I'm Like I said, today's my day off, so I, I got to do everything I wanted to do, right? I'm just going to run later. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really appreciate everything you've done for my childhood and even continuing on to my son's childhood, man. Uh, Thanks, this has been brother. fun. I'll, con- I'll not contact you. I'll, uh, 
I'll message you on the Kickstarter and a couple other things so we Thank can you. get that going. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Um, and if Where, you, go ahead. If you, or if you would like a, um, I have a photo of Ed that I'd be honored to send you, brother. Oh, man, that'd be great, man. I really appreciate I'll, it. I'll sign it to you and your son. We Just um, tell me what your son's name when you'd send the text or whatever. I got you, brother. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, where can people find you? I know we talked about your running and your book that's coming out. Everything coming soon. Hopefully, we can get you to record your runs, the trips, and everything in between. Because like I said, that'd be a fascinating documentary. Uh, oh, um, for sure. Well, where can uh, people right, find you? So my, um, uh, I, I don't even, my Facebook I'm on Facebook. <laughs> you can friend me on Facebook. I think it's Matt Hill. Uh, I think it's just Matt Hill's page or whatever. Yeah. Or not. Um, but it's the one where I'm pointing to this little thing with ye yellow shoes on that says, uh, um, I love it. I love it here or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but a, uh, and then um, um, what is it? Uh, Matt Hill on Twitter. Matt nope. Hill. Yep. yep. On, yeah, uh, at the Matt Hill on Twitter. No, sure, no. Nope. Nope. I'll preface it. Say I'm, I'm horrible and, uh, social media like in terms of like posting and stuff except like i do post a lot on my facebook page for sure mm -hmm. um but then my uh, website is matt-hill.com okay um so that'll have a lot of uh, a lot of um updates and stuff on the on the run and the book and you know that's going to get re but well basically that's going to be redone by january so yeah um because it's a couple years old now but uh um but yeah man it's uh I i'm stoked dude so thanks for being part of this uh this next rejigged you know covid altered um, steps of awesomeness so uh i feel very honored to be a part of man what you were the first guest i want to like we talked earlier awesome. i want to get all three of you guys on here eventually a lot of you guys are going to be harder to find uh, i've reached out to almost the entire cast did you hear love from, what's that did you, did you hear back from sam's agent or not yet uh, i don't think so i didn't go back and look uh, i've gotten a whole bunch since we've been doing this um, I tend to, I tend to leave the people that I know are going to come on and just the people that aren't, you know, running around and stuff to yeah. days off where I can sit down in long format and talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I, I haven't heard anything back from Sam yet. Okay. All right. Well, keep me posted. Cause um, you know, um, you know, I can always text them. You know, it's really, hey, hey man, yeah. that'll work. But uh, like I said before, man, you guys were such a huge part of my childhood and continuing on to my adulthood. I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. Well, you are very, very lucky. I mean, sorry, but <laughs> you are very, you are very fortunate. No, that's wrong too. Uh, no, uh, thank you, brother. Uh, it was excellent. And you know, for real, just keep sharing, sharing, and shining the light, man. And uh, you know, I am glad that the Eds uh, had such an impact on your life, um, and also your uh, your tall son, soon to be taller than you, <laughs> karate kicker uh, superstar that he is. I hope so, man. I'm trying to retire early and I need him oh, to be seven foot tall. Brilliant, yeah. man. Well, y'all yeah, be brother. safe and uh, keep loving each other, man. Thank you so much. You too, buddy. Take it easy and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Later. Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.